Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Several things I'd like to just uh, consider for us to consider tonight. First of all, think about the awful condition of this city. Because of the people's sin against God through the leadership of King Joram, uh, God sent a king, King of Syria, Ben Haidad, to besiege the city of Samaria. Again, in Second Kings, if you will just turn one, uh, one chapter back in chapter 6, verse 24 and 25, the Bible said, It came to pass after this that Ben Haidad of Syria gathered all his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until an ass head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver, and the fourth part of cab of dubs dung for, uh, dung for uh, five pieces of silver. Because of the king Ben Hadad's besieging uh, of Samaria, there was a famine in the city because you know they could not eat, get any food, nothing from the outside, nothing can come in, and no one can come out. Now think about that. You know, you have a very good location here. You have 89 degrees, 99 ranch. You have Sam's Club. You have McDonald's. Boy, uh, you got it made. And uh, the think about it, though. Go to 99 ranch, and there's nothing to buy there but but uh, a head of a you know of a a donkey uh, for food. You go to Walmart, the same thing. Go to. Uh, uh, Sam's Club, the same thing. There's nothing to buy. Uh, no food. And I'm afraid, you know, when you eat now, think about that, the donkey's head. I don't know how much meat do you have there except for his brain, you know, maybe his ears. I don't know. But, you know, us Filipinos, we love fish. I love fish. We are surrounded by oceans, and, and so we love fish. And plus, that's the, one of the cheapest uh, you know, protein that you could get in our country. Uh, beef is expensive there. Uh, we have some chicken, and sometimes we have to, you know, don't get upset at me. I know you're Americans, but sometimes we have to resort to dogs too, you know. And so, anything. But anyway, uh, I like fish. Uh, you can, you know, uh, you can broil it. Uh, you can uh, boil it uh, with soup and make it as a soup. You can bake it. You can fry it. I, I mean, I love fish. Not only it's good for us, it's cheap, but also it goes a long way to some families. You know, I have to share this. I didn't realize that. We, we were poor when I was growing up. But I didn't realize that, you know, when my mom goes to market, you know, he buys a single fish and he cleans it up. she cleans it up. And she always divided because there's five, you know, I have four siblings, so five of us children and my mom and dad. And she always cut the fish in seven parts. So each one of us have a little section. But I noticed that she always kept the head part. Now, if there's not much meat in the dunk's head, I think the, head, the fish head is just the eyeball, you know. I don't know if they have a brain even. But I didn't realize that until a few years before she went home to be with the Lord. I didn't realize that in order for each one of us children and my dad to have a little peace, she sacrificed herself because of her love for each one of us to take that part. Now, I didn't realize that, like what I said, until a couple of years before the Lord took her home. 
I thank God for my mother. You know, in our text here again, a donkey's head is sold for 80 pieces of silver. It's about $50 in those days. And then there's also a, a cab of dove's dung, what they say. Uh, Bible teachers say it's just like a, a, a corn, some kind of corn that is used to feed swines. It's sold for five pieces of silver. It's around $4 in that day. Now, that was kind of a bad situation that they have in Samaria. No food to come in, no one could go out, and only dung said available. But you know it got worse. Notice verse number 26 of uh, 2 Kings, verse number 26. As the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, now notice what it said. This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him, and said unto her son the next day, Give me thy son that we may eat him. And she told, uh, hid her son. Verse 30, And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman that he rent his clothes, and he passed by upon the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Think about how horrible really the situation was. No food. So this mother now said, let's eat our child. You know, again, I said we were born as a poor family. My dad worked. Thank God, we never got hungry, even though sometimes it just rice and soy sauce and, and uh, cooking oil all mixed together. We survived. And and yet, you know, again, we have one, some, some young people here don't know what it means, what they have. We have one bedroom, and that's because a company where my dad was working has provided that. We have, she, my mom has to laundry our clothes by hand. And then when we grew up and were big enough to laundry our own clothes, she taught us that. We don't have any vacuum cleaner because we don't have a carpet. It's a floor. And you use coconut husk, you know, cut it in half, and that's what we use to scrub it with our feet. We don't have a car. We walk to school half a mile. We walk to church. We never had TV. We all had is a transistor radio. I don't know if you, I'm old already, so some of you don't know that. But, you know, you have to really carefully turn the channel because it's static and, boy, everybody can only hear one station, you know. And everybody's there when it gets dark. We didn't have refrigerators, so my mother has to go to market. Uh, I mean, you know, walking up and down there to buy vegetable and some fish. Once in a while, some, some bones with some meat in it to make a bone soup, you know. Uh, she did try to raise some chickens and some pig, not to eat, but to sell, so that my sisters could go to college. She wants to help in some way to provide for our family. Never had an electric stove or a gas stove. We have to fix firewood. Find some firewood somewhere. And it's, if it's rainy season, it's very hard to let those... The, 
I mean, wet firewoods. Thank God there's some, not gasoline, but diesel uh, that you could pour in that thing and hopefully it could light to cook your rice and some fish. And my mom have a job for each one child after we eat, one to clean the pot, one to wash the, the table, and everybody has a job. And by the way, we were happy. We were contented. We never thought we're poor. We're a happy family. We love each other. But you know, I never heard my mom said tonight, because we don't have anything to eat, let's boil your youngest sister. I'm glad I never heard her say that. I'm glad it was not me that was boiled, you know. <laughs> but this is what's happening in Samaria. Can I remind you tonight, as you look at those flags, think about the world. So many places are still like that. We are we're blessed in this country. We're spoiled in this country. How many waste things that we have, we just taste it and we throw things away. I told my son when I was growing up, we fight for an egg. We have to hop it with my brother. And I made sure I get the bigger half than him. Here, you just throw away. Even, I mean, there are still people in the world, third world like Cambodia, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Uganda. I mean, you go to Mexico, there are some people still there. Mexico City, tens of thousands of children. Same thing in Brazil. And by the way, still the same thing in the Philippines. Many go to bed hungry. They said that there are 34,000 people die every day from some kind of disease caused by starvation. Some boys and girls in the Philippines still cannot finish high school because they don't have money to pay for their tuition fee. Did you know that we are so blessed that we didn't grow up in a country like Iraq? Or some of their parents have, don't have leg because of civil war. Same thing in Afghanistan and Yemen and in, in Turkey now and in Syria. Yes, we think in America we don't have much, but the poorest people here are still rich compared to some countries. And the world, many countries in the world are hurting, not only physically, but spiritually. I mean, Brother Park said in Japan, 70 people every day. Well, they have the means, but they're empty. They're hungry. But we thank God we have a hope. Amen. <laughs> thank God there's a hope. There's a good news that we can share to them. Again, I am so thankful for your church. I told the pastor here, I'm glad that your own son was willing to go to a place called Riverside because there are people there that needed Jesus Christ. I'm glad you're very own. By the way, these are the very best that you have. And sometimes that's what God does. Call the very best and busy. 
not going to India. I mean, uh, Japan. And yet there are still many countries. I look at those flags, millions are still untold. 1040 window, you know, think about India. They told me that's over a billion people. I cannot even count a billion. They said if you have about $2 billion, you could spend 50000 every day the way you wanted it. After 100 years, you still have so many millions left. Could you imagine that? China. Philippines is over 100 million people now too. Oh, you have about, oh, maybe 500 missionaries there. Oh, good night. Divide it with 100 million. Still, I think 90%. Oh, well, they say, well, the Philippines is the most religious people. Yeah, religious but lost. I know that because I was once very religious in my family, but we don't know Jesus Christ. We are depending upon our works instead of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Turn your Bibles to Amos chapter 8, verses 11 and 12. You know, people are hungry. Believe it or not, not only they go to bed hungry physically, some of them don't have things materially, but most of all, they are hungry with the Word of God. And if America is not careful, one day America will be in the same situation. Wow. Amos 8 verse 11, the Bible said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send the famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but a hearing of the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even unto the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. But again, thank God that today there's still hope. Churches still like, like yours, and, and thank God for ours, still trying to do the best we can, not only to reach our city, our country, but also the rest of the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see people smiling and driving nice cars and living in nice homes, wearing designer clothes and shoes, but they are empty. They live in a horrible spiritual condition and their only hope is the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And so back in our text in 2 Kings chapter 7, there are four leprous men, the Bible said. And by the way, leprosy is a picture of sin. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, there's no cure for leprosy, but you're going to die. Only God, by his miracle and grace, you can get well. And by the way, you say, well, I am good health. The Bible said we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of our sin is death. But thank God the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Notice their question. Why sit we here until we die? Verse number 3. I, I, why won't you ask that question? I am appreciative of testimony. One of the testimonies is, you know, I'm glad that uh, Brother Pack is going and, and, you know, to ruin souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I wonder how many of us here today would have a burden. Why sit we here? I hope you're not just sitting here. I know that you're here tonight because you care for missions. Amen. And as I said, I hope that you would open your heart. Now, I can testify by the grace of God. After my wife and I married, we promised God to give our tithes. 
And then we came to the States and met Pastor Nal, and he taught us about Faith Promise Missions. And you know, I got out of the service after 11 years, and that means my salary is nothing, and trusting that God will bless the, the work being started. And my pastor said, if they, the people type, then you'll have something. But if not, then you've got to find a job. But you know, 30, oh, by the grace of God, 31 years, God has supplied our need. Amen. I give God the glory. And by the way, many of our people, by the grace of God, not only give their tithes, they give to the building a program, but they also give to Faith Promise. And some of them will testify, now they give more to Faith Promise than their tithes. Mm-hmm. Our church is 34, 34 years old, Mama? or 30, Yeah, 34 yeah. years old. I can't even remember now. Yeah, 1980, no, 33. I uh, told the church... If you just by faith started with $5 and increase it with $5 as God blesses you, you know how much you should be giving to missions now? That's over $150,000 each week. If you just started it with 5 and watch it grow. And by the way, I hope you could include your children and teach them about faith promise already. And by the time they could be in college, they won't be giving. And some of our kids are like that. And some of them did give their lives too for the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, we need to get involved. As long as you're breathing, as long as you could talk and you could share, as long as you could give, God wants you to do what he asked us to do. And that is to go and preach the gospel to every creature, just like you've been this year. And... God has not called you to go. Again, I hope you would help send those that God called like Brother Patrick. Notice their decision, verse number 4. If we say we will enter to the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come. I like that invitation, isn't it? Let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Three things they have said. We have three options. We could... uh, uh, enter the city and we'll die there because there's a famine. We could sit still and we die here. We could go to the Syrians and they, if they kill us, we just but die. But if they spare us, then the, we will live. Well, what, so what they decided to do is they decided to just go to that camp. Verse 5, and they rose up in the twilight, go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the outermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. I mean, nobody was there because the Syrians thought that, oh, Israel, have, uh, you know, uh, uh, ask for the Egypt to help and so forth. Uh, notice verse number, uh, what was that? What, the reason why they left, let me just see. Verse number 6. For the Lord hath made a host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lord, the king of Israel hath hired the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to come upon us. And said so they were scared. They thought, you know, and by the way, it's all the Lord's working. God made that possible in his grace, just like to us. We didn't do anything, but God prepared a way for us to be reconciled through his son who shed his blood to redeem us from our sins. And I'm so thankful for that. And so with God's sovereignty and grace, they went there and boy, they found it is empty. And can I say to you that not only our salvation is only by the grace of God, but anything and everything that we have is by the grace of God. 
Again, I could have been born in communist China or Cambodia or Afghanistan, and the same thing with you. I still could be in the Philippines and probably eating uh, fish head. Yeah. But I thank God for his mercy. And you should do the same. What the Lord has done for you and for me. Everything that we have is from him. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And come it down from the, from the Father of lights. With whom is no variableness and neither shadow of turning. I was talking to someone. Oh, I think I th- I'm talking to a pastor. I, I said, you know. As I grow older and sickly, by the way, I, I was sickly. Pray for me. We are in the process of transitioning in our, in our church. You know, I have several challenges physically, and I feel like the Lord wants me to just turn over the work to a younger man who still have this stamina and continue to work. Uh, by the grace of God, I could stand here. I did have six bypasses already. I have so, so much, and I'm glad I have a good wife who take care of me. And put up with me. But I am so thankful that for 31 years or so, God has used us. And I believe, uh, you know, I'm praying that two more years. I, not to die. I mean, some people say, so you're going to retire and get fat, Pastor? I said, no. I just removed the old tire and put on new tires. And I believe God can still something for me and my wife. Because ministry, that's stressful. I hope you pray for your pastor. Oh, ministry is stressful. People don't understand that sometimes because pastor cannot tell you everything that's happening. Especially if you have financial struggle and so many other things about families and oh, it's hard, it's hard. It's only by the grace of God. You need to lift him up in prayer. Lift up this, this missionary that's going out here from your church because there will be some, oh my, I'm glad for our, my wife and our people who prayed for me. Notice verse number 8. And when these lepers came to the outermost part of the camp, notice the abundant supply here. They went in one tent and they did eat and drink and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went in and here and came again and entered to another tent and carried then so so and went. And you know, by faith, they said, let's go in, let's come. If they would, you know, sometimes that's why it's called faith promise. We just have faith in God and say, let me give this and you will, if you, you you supply. God said, prove me. And sometimes people think, well, if I give my, my faith promise, then I don't have anything left. And sometimes people make a mistake. They take from their tithe and give it to faith promise. That's not true. <laughs> Tithes take care of the need of your church. But faith promise take care of the need of the missionaries. And you do it by faith. Watch it grow. Give and it shall be given back, the promise was. And so when they went in by faith, oh, good night. Look at the abundance that they have. And by the way, it's just normal that they did. They're hungry, so it's normal to just eat and drink. But something takes place that is not normal. Notice verse number 8. The Bible said, And when these lepers came to the outermost part of the camp, they went to one tent and did eat and drink, carried then silver and gold and raiment, and went in and hid, and came again. And entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Wow. They were not contented with what they were already full, but they wanted to have and hid and 
oh, good night. Sometimes if you're not careful, we do the same thing. The reason we cannot give is because, oh, instead of being contented of what we have, oh, we wanted this new house with more bedroom. And Listen, God has blessed you. You see the need of people dying without Jesus Christ. Uh, eventually, they came up to their senses. Listen, verse number 9, they said one to another, we do not well. We're not doing good here. I hope we see the need. And we realize it's not all about us. Your pastor mentioned that tonight. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ and the ministry that he has given you. And he has blessed you with much more. It's time. You've been blessed to be a blessing. Oh, I look at your building. It's so beautiful. The acoustic are very good. I mean, you guys sing. Wonderful. My, My heart is blessed. But you know, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace and we tear till the morning light. Some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore they said, finally. Did you notice also they are together? Not one said no way. Together. We, they said. What can you do as a church family? If you together will just do what you can. By faith. To do reach the world for Jesus Christ. By the way. You could start in your city and in our state, and and you are doing that. It's indeed a day of good tidings. If God has saved you and he blessed you, you have a job, you have a health, and financially you have, oh, be a blessing. God has blessed you to be a blessing to others. And so they keep finding this gold and raiment and silver, and now they, they said, let's... Let's share it. Come, they said, that we may go and tell the king's household. That's your great commission as a church. That's our great commission as a church. You know, giving is a heart matter. Dr. Chapel said, when the heart is right, the vision is clear. A lot of times we cannot see the need because our heart is not right with God. Why not ask God? Let's go. Let's give. That others might hear. You know, God has been gracious to us as well. The Lord has allowed us to send some people also. The young man in the Philippines, the Lord allowed us to start two churches. Another one's trying to be started by his grace. But we have a couple in our church. They are businessmen. They are in their 40s. They own a subway uh, store. They have a wonderful home. They're both nurses by, by trade. They're making a lot of money. They are involved with Faith Promise Mission for so many years. But you know something? Two or three years ago, they just like what happened to Brother Pack at the missions conference, the Lord said, you have been given enough. Now I want you to go. In their late 40s or mid-40s, they sold their house. They sold their business. They quit their job. They're attending Pastor uh, Treber's ch- uh, school there now in uh, North Valley because they want to be used of God, because they want to obey God. 
the one that took over Brother Shirano's church, that, that the Lord allowed him to start there in Delano. There are also a couple of nurses. Their goal is to come to America, and they will make a lot of money and help their family in the Philippines. But again, God spoke to their hearts. And they quit their job with their family, not appreciating what you did. they did. Went to Bible college, and you know, today they are pastoring there in Delano, California. By faith. How about you? It's a good news, you know about it. How about those who don't know? Jim Elliott, very gifted young man. Very promising missionary, but he did give his life to the Oka Indians in South America. And this is what he said. He is no fool to lose what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. Whatever we have, any talent, any financial blessing that we have, God gave it to us. God can use it for his glory. Thank God for these lepers. They've been delivered from dying. And now they said... We're not doing well. No longer we're hungry, we're full. We better tell, go and tell the king's household. Listen, it is a dangerous act not to share what we have to those who do not have. First of all, it's dangerous for you and me. Proverbs 11.24 said, there is that scatter it and yet increase it, and there is that withhold it more than is meat, but is tended to poverty. You know, the attitude of getting all we can and canning all we get, the Bible said it will lead to poverty. Not just poverty of material things, but poverty especially of spiritual things. Demas forsook Paul and the ministry because he loved the present world. I think if Demas could think back, he probably would wish he did not do that. If we don't use what God gives us, we will lose it. Give, again, the Bible promise, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. With the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you, to you again. Not to do what God wants us to do is dangerous. Not to go where God wants us to go is dangerous. Not to give what God wants you to give is dangerous. It's also dangerous for those who need the gospel. Matthew 9, 36, the Bible said that when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. In fact, he asked them to pray for laborers. I hope that's what will happen to this church family this week. That you will be moved with compassion as you watch those videos and see the souls Japan, over a hundred million people, not le less than one percent, point five percent know the Lord. I hope you'll be moved with compassion to see Ethiopia, to see Hong Kong. Compassion, by the way, is not just feeling sorry for somebody. Compassion will move you to do something about it. Lastly, it is dangerous when you don't harvest the field that is ready for harvest. I'm not a farmer. Anybody here a farmer? 
In the Philippines, we harvest rice. If it's harvest time and you don't harvest rice, you will lose that harvest. I think any other harvest is the same is true. I believe the soul is right in Japan, in the Philippines, everywhere. Jesus said, therefore, there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already for harvests. My missionary used to tell us this generation must reach this generation because the next generation cannot do it. We must do it, he said. And I think your pastor, Pastor Brother Pack, just told me, you know, I think the, the gospel is moving this way. It's now in, in Asia and it's going back to where and the Lord is going to come back. I believe the same thing. Let's get busy now. Or we will lose the harvest. It's ripe. It's ready, it's here, and it's now. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs, please. God is faithful, I want you to know that. Again, I can stand here and by the grace of God, I can testify to you. For 32 years, we have a faith promise. I think my wife and I started, did start with about $5 a week. We didn't have any job then. <laughs> but you know something? God's been good to us. He even allowed me to preach to this wonderful church tonight. I am grateful. I tell my wife, if we did not surrender to the ministry, we will not meet wonderful people, wonderful men of God. <laughs> Get to know people like Dr. Chapel and Brother Davison and so many others. Hebrew, I mean, uh, Proverbs 3, the Bible said, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy precious shall burst out with new wine. Go to Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 8. The Bible said, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always having all sufficiency. Could you imagine that? In all things may abound to every good work. That's a promise. And of course, this church that was mentioned in a testimony tonight, the church at Philippi. You know what? They get involved with world missions. And you know what the promise to them was? And by the way, not everybody could claim this promise, but a church and people that are giving to missions. But my God, Paul said, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Why? He said, I am full. Uh, Apocrydatus gave me. He's a missionary and they supported him. And God, through the apostle Paul said, God will take care of you. I can honestly testify that. Pastor, I think you've seen our, our building there. I still remember. I did remember that meeting. We were still looking younger then, that's for sure. <laughs> you cannot outgive God. We give and we give because we learn. God gave us a building. Preacher, that building we're in now is $3 million. But you know how much we... We got it for just a million dollars. And you know, I told the church last missions conference, I, I believe our church throughout these 30 some years has given at least $4 million to world missions by the grace of God. We don't have any rich people in our church, but you know something? We have senior saints there 
who merely receive an SSI benefit, but week after week they give to Faith Promise Missions. And I can tell you my mom did the same thing. My mother-in-law did the same thing. And I know what they received. And I give God the glory. And then Hebrews 11:6 6 said, But without faith it is impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain.